0: On that point, in terms of coming together, we have the anchor segment of today's roundtable with Mary Long Irwin from Northern Ontario Angels, Randall Howard, board member at GTAN, and Stephanie Corbett, director of operations at Island Capital Partners based in Atlantic Canada. I'm going to start with you, Stephanie. You've done quite a lot of work with us around NACO Academy, and helping to ensure that NACO fulfills its role as the convener across all of the angel groups and all of the individual angels around the country. Can you help situate us around Atlantic Canada and is there a risk of Atlantic Canada and perhaps other regions becoming disconnected as we all focus in on the immediate and urgent challenges that the entrepreneurs in our local communities are facing?
1: Thanks, Claudio, very much for having me today. What we're seeing here is no different than what everyone else is seeing globally in terms of investing. So to break it down into the way I'm looking at it and even how this call is going is there's two like two major issues that the startup ecosystem is facing right now. One is what do startups need to be doing? And two is how do we keep investment moving? So in relation to how do we keep investment moving in in Atlantic Canada, this has been talked about forever, but the most crucial things we need to be looking at are Um, Obviously, that's been mentioned already, the matching funds from government, that will be crucial. An investor tax credit, there needs to be an incentivized, broad tax credit that will entice investors who are absolutely going to be more conservative with their investments in the next coming months to still be deploying some of their capital. I recognize that while they're deep pockets, everyone is still being rocked by what's happening right now. No matter how deep your pockets are, so by the nature of that, they're just going to be more um, particular with where they put their money, and and we're all going to see that when we're going out trying to pitch um, to these people for their capital to deploy. And then, and then the other. The other element of how we keep investment moving, and this would go back to, you know, what I'm employing to the government and Senator Deacon to look at is not only how do we keep investment moving, but I think the government's going to have to do a really a better job of looking at that specifically at each level of investment. So angel family friends element to investors who are small groups doing pre-seed investment, seed stage investment, and recognizing that they're all very different and the players are all very different on how decisions are made and what policies and what help can be brought in from the federal government that will help at each level. But moving over to the startup thing and just to speak specifically what I'm seeing in Atlantic Canada was really interesting. And I think we can all appreciate that like times like this are definitely going to separate our strong leaders and our weak leaders. There will be a divide and and we'll see it when we all meet with our portfolio companies and we see how everyone um, handles what's being put in front of them. But the, rea- the the harsh reality is, is that everyone is going to look after their existing portfolio first. And so what I mean when I say that, other than the obvious is, like Island Capital itself is we're a fund. And when a fund is created, you have an, an estimate of how many companies you anticipate bringing into that portfolio. And ultimately, Those numbers and what we were anticipating absolutely changed in the last couple of weeks because we're looking at our pool of capital that we have left with our investors, with our investors' money, and we're looking at our existing portfolio rather than talking to, about looking at new companies coming into that portfolio. We're going to look at how we have to best use those resources on our existing so, where I feel that a lot of companies in that are coming up with great ideas that we 're going out to market to raise capital, I fear for them, and what what 's going the landscape 's going to look like across the next six to twelve months for those companies and how much harder it 's going to be to get so I, I think that NACO has a real role to play to help champion the government on behalf of a lot of the angel community and maybe the smaller funds that we can be focusing on not only keeping capital moving but but the help that we can get into these companies depending very specifically on the stage that they're in. So you do need to keep talking to investors. Don't stop doing that. But but we also need to be realistic. And there is a bit of batten down the hatches as well. So I think companies right now that are going to prevail out of this, just regardless of what government help and support comes, is I think it, the, the companies that are going to prevail, the strongest, that are the ones that are being very, they're, they're acting quick, they're being very strategic, they're looking and doing what they need to do in the very short term and making quick decisions versus those who are going to take six to eight weeks to make decisions, which means there's six to eight weeks of cash flow that they've just killed in a downtime when nothing was happening. And it's going to prevent them from hitting the key milestones that they have to hit in order to get to that next round of investment. And that, that right there is where I'm very fearful for the early stage community right now that, 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 isn't making a lot of revenue and was just on the trajectory to start to make revenue and ramp up for growth is that they're, they're going to fail and hitting those key milestones, that's going to make it really troubling for people to want to continue to invest because they don't have that proven track record and more importantly, not get to that next stage of funding that we need them to get to, to get to that like late seed series A stage.
0: Mary, on the point of capital and funds flowing, you lead North America's most successful angel group, 132 million invested over the past five years. And that's been in a population of 700,000 and geographically dispersed with few other supports beyond these core anchors of any innovation economy and angel investors being one of them. Can you help situate us in terms of Stephanie's comment that that we are in a liquidity crisis and the funds aren't flowing to new ventures that haven't yet raised capital?
2: Good morning, and yes, thank you. And thank you also for taking the leadership role with this event. Currently, what what we are doing is we're checking in with companies, meetings. I'm booking them via telephone call or an email. I provide them information on what our government is offering to companies to help them while we're all going through these current conditions. Also, emailing information on various programs, grants, offerings for assistance, support, etc., as well as information for their employees. I also provide on information on various programs for conference calling, virtual meetings, just so that that way they can wrap their head around the new way of communications Anybody who requests any of that information, we give them. We also share solutions that other companies have experienced. We're providing that support overall acknowledgement that they're not in this alone. I've been very candid with them that they must connect and share some of the concerns and investments or concerns with their investors and to seek out advice and support But also in this time, they need to, it's critically important that they're honest with the investor to ensure that all of the opportunities are being investigated and utilized. Be ready to discuss their revenues, their cash on hand, how their team is working together, their supply chain, their customers, and tell the investors your cash needs for at least the next six months. To the investors, we're also very active. We're speaking with them, meeting with them. If a current company needs financial support or additional funds, I make it really clear to the investor that they need to know how much support they're willing to provide that company to ensure that that company will be here next year. Also, the investors you know, know what supports that there are for the company and again, ensure that everything is being applied for, understood, and researched. But be prepared to step up and support your investment. Some investors are providing short-term loans. Some are encouraging the companies to gain a line of credit with their support, even co-signing for that line of credit. We've had a couple that have agreed to do that. The investors, they understand that they're responsible for the portfolio companies. And yes, even in these really challenging times, at the end of the day, you can still make a return on their investment. Many of the deals are being presented to the investor via email, conference call, FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, et cetera. That has been our practice for a long time because we cover a very large area. Once an investor has expressed interest in meeting with the company, then we introduce them. Today, however, those introductions are done virtually. And we still do get new opportunities that come in. We continue to take applications for new or growing companies. In the last few weeks, we've had some successful applications from companies who have retooled their manufacturing to produce face masks, hospital gowns, hand sanitizers, et cetera. Four of these deals have closed just last week. In in my conversations with the investors, I found many of them looking at opportunities to help and provide support for not only companies, but for their country during this crisis. I do understand that some investors are looking to support their current companies and may not look at new opportunities at this time. Some wanna wait a few months before investing. Some companies, however, continue to review all the new offering, ask the questions, and look at the deals. Preference is given to companies that have opportunities for growth during this COVID-19 crisis, and many believe that there are opportunities just waiting for them. Our board continues to meet via telephone conference as we've done in the past. We currently don't have any face-to-face meetings. We don't do any of the deals in a public forum. All of our deals are put now on the website. Access to the deal room is secure with the pass given to the investors. And the only the investors can see the pitches there. Also, we connect with the companies And the investors also can connect directly to get any additional information that the investor really needs. What we don't want is in Northern Ontario is to be left behind at the end of this crisis. We want to make sure we do whatever we can to keep our companies growing. Maybe not at the speed that they had originally anticipated, but make sure that they are growing. I truly believe that although these are challenging times, there are opportunities as well. We just need to communicate with one another and be brutally honest as to what our expectations and our needs are.
0: Randall, as an NACO board member and also on the board at G10, a successful entrepreneur and active angel. Can you provide some commentary around the current environment and how we can respond as an angel community and how government can perhaps add add more fuel to that? Sure
3: thing, Claudio. I'd like to have my remarks sort of blend the area from at the coalface where the startups are facing and working with investors, but also the policy side. But first, I kind of wanted to start out as an ECO board member in listening to people like Jeanette and Pat talking about the the rapid response of developing programs to help startups and investors cope and share best practices. there There were some great ideas for an ECO to explore going forward of some things we can offer during this pandemic that may have lasting value. But at a high level, I think we've got to understand that startups are our future. The pandemic is not just a financial crisis, it's a healthcare crisis. But for Canada, probably uniquely amongst the G7 countries, we had the black swan of an oil price shock. And so the only way for us to get beyond On our current dependence on the resource and oil and gas economy is to develop more startups, more knowledge based companies, which is exactly what the angel investors and the startup ecosystem is doing in this country and building scale ups. I really agree strongly with Colin's perspective that there's just not enough capital or focus in the government on the early stage, it's all venture focused. Even today's purported announcement by BDC of matching funds, the language is venture capital. I sure hope they don't forget the angel and seed stages, which is where the real shortages are. And I've spent a lot of time on that. But for the last six months, my personal attention has been turned to very much trying to respond since about mid-February. I've been in non-stop responding to the pandemic crisis, partly because I'm on the board and chair an investment committee for a fairly large size insurance company. And I got to say that those insurance companies, even though you think, well, they're big, they are in total planning, stress testing, risk management mode, as well as identifying new opportunities. And just every time they get a plan or a report to someone, everything's changed. And so can you imagine what I'm seeing in the startups? I'm seeing, again, as was talked about, companies that potentially have cash cliffs in front of them, yet are trying to figure out how to cut costs, but of course the revenues in some are actually dropping faster than the costs are cut. Some of them are lucky, some have just done around and have that proverbial 12 to 18 months of capital in the bank, but some were just actually ready to pull the trigger on a new raise. Those ones are in very very serious trouble and have to be extremely creative. So what I would say overall is that the the startup world right now Uh, is lucky to have angels like people like myself and all the lead investors that are working with them. We're providing wisdom. We're providing a little bit of therapy and we're providing structure to go through that process that I just talked about, risk, stress, and uh, a new opportunity. But lastly, I would like to to also suggest that it's not easy for what the government is doing right now. They need to be rapid response and nimble as well. And I think where the rubber hits the road on that, unfortunately, is that the government needs to look at speed. Many of the programs get announced and it's weeks later before we even know how they work, before money gets into the pocket. So speed's a big issue. And in this time, with companies at a cash cliff and other things, it's a, we need to have better speed. Secondly, it's already been mentioned, things like the 30% loss in revenue. Some of the tests need to be more nimble to actually work in the startup world. And, you know, lastly, I would also suggest that we need in Canada, we need more matching funds that the government matches or we get on board with people like Stephanie, you know, and the funds that sit in the angel world are very, very powerful. I'm actually working on, you know, three early stage funds right now that some of which were set to launch literally within weeks, but probably that may well be delayed by what's going on. But I know uh, that investments are happening in spite of that. At G10, I just heard this week that two investments closed. I was quite surprised. But to be honest, most of the capital is either not there because of market turbulence that Funds Angels, or number two, It's propping up the existing startups. And lastly, what I'm seeing is that some of the people are actually looking at doing investments themselves that are of all pandemic response and trying to make their contribution into the world. It's a big topic. And I know, uh, Claudia, you're going to have a lot more discussion of it. But the government and people like Colin and other people do need to hear How can we make this nimble? We know the government job isn't easy, nor is the startup job easy, but the angel ecosystem may be the glue that connects the policy and government with those startups on the front line that are the future of Canada. We've got to keep them shining bright.
0: We're going to leave it there as we close out the hour. To the angel investors that are on this call we are your voice to government they are being bombarded by everyone affected and in fact everyone is affected by both the health pandemic and the economic crisis we are working very hard in collaboration with them to ensure that our entrepreneurs both those that have raised angel capital and those that need angel capital to survive to ensure that those entrepreneurs are supported To the entrepreneurs on the line, the angel community is here to support you. We are in constant contact and communication with all those stakeholders that are ready and willing to support your companies. And we're moving as quickly as we can to collaborate with policymakers to keep funds flowing to your companies so that you can keep your employees employed and so that you can keep building your great companies. When we look at past economic crises, new global companies emerged in, in the aftermath. And we are committed to helping that next wave of global companies emerge from Canada in collaboration with all of you that are on this call. We will continue the conversation next week with a focus on incubators, accelerators, and entrepreneurial activity. NACO is fortunate to have over 45 of the country's leading incubators and accelerators as part of our membership, and they have a significant role to play in connecting entrepreneurs to the resources and the capital that they need in order to continue to survive in this environment and thrive during the economic recovery. And we are continuing to champion the entrepreneurs that are so critical to Canada's growth, success, and inclusive prosperity. Thank you, everyone.